It's a new day in the workroom. Sissy that pods little special cupboard under the stairs for all our special favorite people. And um, we're doing it again. We weren't happy with with take one of episode one of Spain. So we were like, no, can it, bin it. Here we are, back, 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 back again. Well, let's be honest. (laughs) First take was perfectly good. I just wasn't recording the whole time. So, (laughs) Otherwise, you would have just got an audio recording of silence and then James laughing and talking to himself, which I'm sure has its own merits of enjoyability, but it wouldn't be overly coherent without, you know, the other half of the conversation. (laughs) The context. No, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're here to discuss... Drag Race España season one, an episode we loved so much the first time we talked about it. So we're going to try and boo the same sort of enthusiasm into this conversation. Uh, but normally whenever we have to do that, you know, I always think it ends up better the second time. So you're actually in for a treat, even though this episode is a day late. I mean, you know, good to put that up front, to put the pressure on us yeah. to actually deliver an episode that is Because even is if it's better. rubbish, people would be like, well, they said it was better than the first one. So I guess it's okay. <laughs> Um, what, one, the first thing I noticed when we watched this episode of Spain is that I think Supreme Deluxe is continuing the pattern of the spin-off judges of getting Botox between season one and two. Fred did it, Brooke did it, and now Supreme's doing it too. I, I think that just comes with the territory, the glow up, because I think in, in addition to the Botox that was injected into Supreme's uh, very regal face is it was obvious that botox or 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 some form of magic had been sprinkled over the whole season because there was a very obvious budget upswing for for this like the workroom was much snazzier and fancier the sound quality was a bit better i think if i remember like we had lots of uh, i i think that like overall everything was bigger better bootyfuller <laughs> everything got a facelift Everything got a facelift. There we go. Joe, what I was wondering during the week as well, do you think there was ever a point where Rue and Supreme had a conversation, maybe over email or snail mail or Zoom or Supreme wrote a letter and lipstick on his bathroom wind mirror? Do you think, or do you think they've had no contact? I don't know. Because do you remember the very first, like, so obviously Fred was the first non like, it was the first of these, like, new hosts announced for the, the European, like, non-English language sort of versions. And there was that little video of, like, Rue messaging Fred and being like, hey, Fred, you know, time to sissy that walk or whatever. We never got that for Supreme. Nor did we get it for Priscilla. I'm just saying. <laughs> or but, Brooke. You know, or Brooke. Well, Brooke had met Rue, so it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wonder, have they been in touch do they like have a, a maybe tea on a Tuesday to talk about how things are going? I oh, don't I don't think, think so. they have an ongoing relationship, but I, I wonder whether, you know, like how did they cast Supreme and whether when, when Supreme got cast, did they sort of have one final interview with Rue and Fenton Bailey and, and like the high heads and where it presents just to, you know, see if Supreme cut the mustard? I, you know, if I'm going to be complete, I don't think so. I think that they very much are like, here's the format. This is what you have to do. Take it and run with it. Do as you wish. Because I think if that, if WoW Presents were kind of like, hover, like kind of like helicopter momming these, these spinoffs, like I think you would, you would see a much more consistent delivery across all of the seasons. But I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right then in terms of the day-to-day management of it. But I would have thought that at a higher level like I agree with you I don't think Supreme and Rue have ever had a conversation but it kind of boggles me as to why that wouldn't have been because I would have thought Rue would have wanted to you know meet the host of the franchise of his show before you know it went into production but part of me makes me feel like he's like I don't care yeah now like what I would adore adore would be if at say DragCon UK there was like a, a a like a judges panel where like you had Priscilla and Fred and Supreme and if like Rue is there to moderate it it would be great but that's not going to happen ever in a million years maybe Brooke could moderate it I don't know but I do I do like the idea of kind of recognition recognition being given to these hosts who've been selected for the international franchises as kind of being like worthy of of the the host role and sort of like somehow being in the in the shadow of of RuPaul 
But like, I, I also, I do wonder because I suppose like, if you were to ask the question, who would host Drag Race Ireland? You know, 99% of people would be like, oh, well, obviously Panty. Like Panty, obviously. So I wonder if like there is just a drag queen who is so embedded into the public, like if Supreme or Fred are just drag performers who are just so embedded into the public consciousness in Spain and... Well, I think and, Fred Von Leer, from when we spoke to the guys at Brookentide, they, they seemed to say he was a very famous TV presenter and we knew he did drag. So, yeah, maybe he was the obvious choice for them. But from my understanding, no one I know who's Spanish knew who Supreme Deluxe was. Well, you know, maybe like Anna Loking was like, I'm not doing this without my best Judy. Yeah. Well, they all know Anna Loking and they all know the Havies. They just well, that's what that's how it rolls then. They were like, if you want these guys, you got to get this one. And I got, I love Supreme. As we Supreme came out, came out like second in our in our like best judges poll at uh, at the end of twenty twenty one. So you know she's also she's doing something right. So even if she wasn't known beforehand, good for her. Right, let's get into this week's episode. Uh, let's pivot the format slightly. Let's go through the queens one by one because it was kind of just a tale of three looks and a mini challenge, really. There wasn't a whole lot else. So we'll just go through the queens one by one. We'll discuss entrance. We'll discuss the hometown idol, the hometown symbol look, and then any sort of extra tidbits we can throw in the mix uh, there. So let's kick off. We'll do them in order of how they presented themselves to us on the runway. Uh, let's do Benita Von Dash first. What did you think of that? So Benita Von Dash is our bearded queen. And I have to say that I'm, I didn't warm to Vendita. First of all, that's not a beard. Shave it off your face. If you're got, like, don't come in here with that piddly little chin strap and try and claim this like mantle of a bearded queen. You're not. Like it, it is like a, it's like an aggressive contour as a bearded individual myself. Like you want full coverage because like, you aren't actually hampering the, like, I suppose the, the, uh, what I would see in terms of like bearded performers, it's how they work the full beard into their looks and it's how they, they like transform it with each look to be part and to belong. And like, you know, I know Madame Madness didn't do particularly well in the, 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 the series on, on Holland. Lucretia <laughs> did though. <laughs> uh, but no, like, I mean, Lucretia is an anomaly and didn't deserve to get the, the, you know, whatever. But Madame Madness, if you see, if you look at, at their, their, their social media, do these amazing transformative looks. They use the beard in all these interesting and different ways. It's part of the character. This is someone who is like, I want to be unique. Okay, I'll be a bearded queen. Okay, I'm going to have like a two millimeter thick strip of hair running around my chin that I can paint over if I want to. Like, it's basically the same as an eyebrow running right around the outskirts of her face. Anyway, on that, I also didn't like them as a queen. So <laughs> I, I found them to be very full of themselves. It's not just a niche you're trying to paint yourself in, it's you <laughs> yeah. as an individual. But I, I also, I found them like very full of themselves. Like obviously it's it's difficult to interpret kind of how a, a delivery is to be interpreted when you're watching it reading subtitles. So maybe it was all tongue in cheek, but there was a lot of overconfidence and a lot of these films of like, yeah, yeah I'm sass. really, I'm the hot one of the season. I'm the sexy one. I'll have no problem doing a nude photo shoot because I do nude photo shoots all the time because I'm gorgeous. Uh, in terms of looks, I didn't love the palm tree look. I thought that it was, you know, it was... This like brown and green, you know, the apprentice look, famous apprentice logo, color, 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 <laughs> color story has been done a couple of times, and you know, it looks like she was dipped into a poo tank. Poo tanks, poo tanks. Yes, this is it. Get Flo and Joan back on the phone. We got Claire another one for Claire the poo tank. Has been passing the poo tank around, <laughs> and this time Benita Mandash was in. Exactly. Yeah, it's like Raja O'Hara, move over. There's a new queen to be dipped. Uh, I, I didn't my I, like the segue wig on the first one. I also wasn't a mad fan of. Uh, yeah. So she for her hometown idol was an Elche lady who was dressed in a traditional like Elche look which was like those sort of cylindrical things that I said her head kind of like headphones I look at myself in the zoom in the headphones kind of similar to that but a nice sort of golden dress I quite liked that I thought it, it really distilled the character down and the palm tree I thought was just a bit of campery it was fun like I thought the quality of the garments she presented were quite good even if the concepts were only middling um and i agree with the wig look i know all forms of drag are valid and i accept that but i'm interesting to see when, when i see a, a wig a, a wig a beard like that that's so i don't know precise i kind of want to see what it's adding to the drag look you know 
that's exactly where I'm coming from because it's it's at the like at the moment it doesn't feel like it's either like it's not adding anything to the story because like even like looking here at the pictures of Indita across the three looks like you don't you literally don't see it like you you don't see it in the look from far away so it really doesn't like give anything out extra to the performance and then it's like well is it just that you want the mantle of like I'm a bearded queen so that makes me different to these other girls but in that case then you know you you really need to be I don't know, featuring the beard more. I would agree with you that the, the looks were, like the looks across the board, with the exception of like one or two, were like really high quality. And Vendita's looks, the three of them, you could tell that they were expensive, that they were thought through, that they like were well made and they did look good. So like, I mean, points to Drag Race España for the like step up in the quality of the, the, the runways. Absolutely. And considering that they probably had the same time frame to get these a season 14, like we we're kind of semi-pandemic at the time and stuff. They, they've definitely done a good job. So fair play to them. Next up was Hota Karahota. Walked in there with her tiger that I didn't understand the purpose of. Uh, she had a great look out, out of drag that I quite liked. And I went from being very ambivalent towards her in the Meet the Queens to being really interested. I think the fact that she's bisexual, but a girlfriend is really interesting. Brings us back to Scaredy Cat in UK season one. I think mm-hmm. the fact that they're coming from a, a gypsy heritage, I think is going to be really interesting. And, and from what I'm aware, it's quite a common cultural background in Spain and with it comes flamenco and stuff like that. So I'm really interested to see what she's bringing to the stage and the fact that she has beef with Diamante. I mean that'll be exciting to get yes. into. That it is, we are starting off with our very own Alyssa versus Coco <laughs> yeah. dynamic. Um, no, I I I, I loved uh, Hosa's looks through the. I think that through the throughout the entire episode, I I thought that she was really strong. I thought that it was unfair on her to be placed in the bottom because of like. I can understand the judges maybe wanting to give her a bit of a a kick in terms of like her confidence. I thought I loved the flamenco, the drama of the entrance look. The the color was so beautiful and so rich. I thought that having the the tiger the the, the fluff or the the tiger teddy bear thing like it kind of took away it cheapened it for me because it was such a fierce look. I I really loved the the hometown look or the hometown hero look. I. It gave me real Asia vibes. There was like such a strength in it. And then I loved the Matador thing, but it was a pity that I think kind of, you know, obviously midway through that walk, confidence just tanked. And it was like, oh no, what am I doing? Because you could see it as she was taking off the skirt to transform it into the Matador cape. There was that moment of like, oh no. Like I remember, do you remember Faramone Far- on the, 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 no, on the Lady Gaga runway oh, yeah. in season nine, where she was like, oh, I had this whole look underneath it, but I got kind of freaked out. So I, I, I know like in the moment you're in your head and you're like, oh, am I going to do this? And I think she decided to commit to it and then freaked out about committing to it. And I just think it's a pity that because her looks were some of the strongest and they, they gave the most succinct like introduction to who she is as a queen and what her identity yeah. is, I felt. Yeah, so, so for her hometown idol, she gave us Rosia Huerto, who uh, is a Coppola singer. I, I did a big detail on Coppola. It's basically this sort of traditional song. I think it dates back to like the 20s or 30s. But there are all these sort of ballads that describe women or sex workers you know people in marginalized communities and they're all in the sort of slow hispanic style and there was a real sort of era of i guess it's kind of like your sandy shaw or whatever that era of like older singers who sang these sort of ballads but they were always very you know elegantly dressed and they're very big with the queer community because you know gay men just love oh you know dolled up ladies so yeah she's a fam- famous copla singer from that so I was enjoyed listening to her about her that look didn't necessarily stand out and then her horse fair from Jerez uh, Matador look I, I quite liked that as well so um, yeah I thought that was an unfair low placing as well next up is Samantha yeah. Ballantyne who I quite liked off the runway in this episode I thought they were quite funny um, I didn't actually know that Ballantyne was a whiskey that she sort of clarified that she mentioned that she plays communions which I thought was fun and I think there's this like nod to Catholicism mm-hmm. that I always enjoy when I see on TV especially when it's not from within it's like we are all people who grew up in a Catholic world and I am a Catholic yeah. girl even though I, I'm not religious um, but the, the runway let her down 
But I, like her, her three looks across the board let her down in that it was just more or less like either a bodysuit or a, it was either a bodysuit or a like a, a, a bra or like a corset and pants and some adornment stuck onto it. So like the, it was, she's classic one of these like drag race people who walks in and is like an idol and obviously everyone is aware of who she is and everyone knows her and then kind of gets in below placement in the first week so that's like the storyline she walked right into but I do think that if this is the quality of the looks she's kind of bringing and by her entrance look I do think that like her entrance look would worry me because it's very 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 basic yeah it was like an orange leotard with a black cropped jacket as far as I can remember yeah it was that and then she had like very flat hair glasses and like was carrying a little whiskey and I was like what this is not this is not acceptable because mm, her for the drag race of Spaniard hometown idol was Miss Mara a trapeze artist from San Fernando it was kind of unremarkable really it didn't really get the character and then she had a Kenya Dija a shell from her hometown on her head but it was just like a sort of Halloween dress with a shell on her head really yeah I, do you know I kind of think and, and like this is the you know, like the the looks on season one of, of Espana were were fantastic as well but I, I get the impression that all of the other queens or most of the other queens looked at that and were like okay I can elevate past that where she looked at it and was like oh yeah I can do that and so like I just think she's better is, than Poopy Poison <laughs> Exactly. I just need to do better than Poopy Poison. But I, I don't think that there's space for someone who, even if they are, like, obvi- like both of us watched it with, with, with people who, who, like, would have Spanish, like, have, would have a fluency in Spanish and could see that they were, in, like, certainly were enjoying her talking heads a lot and getting the humour and getting the jokes. So obviously she's a very funny queen and that's her shtick. But I think that if the looks are going to be like this, it could be a bumpy ride for her. Yeah, like she, so the mini challenge was a photo shoot with Goya's Naked Maya and she said, oh, Naked Maya, she's just smelling her pits with her pussy out. Like I thought that was, you know, that was funny. So she definitely is comedic. But yeah, that might be, the runways will be her downfall. Like there have been many a queen in the past. But the fact that she was first in, I think, means production are going to heavily favour her. And I think we saw that in the lip sync as well. Yeah, absolutely. That lip sync was was messy. But I would have felt a foregone conclusion a little bit uh, when, when mm. we got to, yeah, our other friend. Yeah, exactly. Next up is Ariel Wreck. Um, I was a bit confused by the entrance look, a lilac dress with red hair with a bone through it. As I said last time, it was a yabba dabba don't. And <laughs> I... Did enjoy her runways though. She gave us Alaska in the hometown idol. Alaska was a guest on last season's, uh, not last season. Uh, and she's this like icon from the post Franco 80s, the sort of rise of the punk rock era in Madrid. And then I quite liked the hometown symbol, which was her father, but it was um, Atletico Madrid, which he was a fan of, but she was also sort of dressed with this sort of trident and Neptune-esque sort of wig, which was an ode to the fountain where the fans celebrate when they win. But I think it was more, I enjoyed the concept once I knew of it. And I, if I hadn't got the concept, I would have been a bit confused. Yeah, so I thought, I did think her uh, her entrance look was a bit sort of like, oh, I'm going to be Flintstones for Halloween. Um, very high quality Flintstones for, for, for Halloween because it did look like really like nicely made and that. I enjoyed her hometown hero look. Like I, I thought that like punky, cool kind of, it, it, had, it, had, it had a lot going for it that I really enjoyed. I hated her her like other that 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 like whatever Atletico Madrid Barcelona whoever it was well I like the wig was so messy and frazzled I thought that it was like none of it made sense together she was basically just wearing like a footy kiss with uh, a, a pair of sand or with a pair of like heels and then this like really washed out like light colored makeup I I I but I, I guess like she was having to swap from one to the other and the makeup for the, the punkier one had like brought her into that place so it probably would be difficult to... But I, I just did not enjoy that third look at all. But the the Alaska look I thought was really well finished. So it gives you a, bit of, a good bit of hope for the rest of her runways. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Because I was thinking like, like, like I remember watching it that because you were trying to keep up with which, who is which queen and I, like it wasn't until I was looking back afterwards that I sort of even was like, oh, these were actually the, the same queens because I had really liked yeah. that Alaska look. Yeah. And next up was Marina, a, a favourite for both of us. I think as soon as she walked in with those blue and white nautical stripes and the, and the steering wheel, I thought, you know, 
this is she's one to watch she really followed through on she, her the she's getting into the driving yeah. seat of this drag race and she actually had one of, one of the more favorite favorites of mine of the people I researched uh, from the runway so she dressed as Jose Ocaña who was another one of the forefathers of that sort of post-Franco Madrid era but they sort of started this pro- protest of sexuality and gender disobedience that took place in Madrid around the time which sort of was like the start of the queer revolution in Spain so a really important member of the queer history of Spain so I was glad I got to hear from them and how they presented on the runway I thought was fantastic yeah no I I absolutely loved all three of their looks I think that like the the entrance look is probably like it's one of my favorite entrance looks I like it, it's not even the most overcomplicated or anything but there was just so much so many details in it I really loved I just thought it was super interesting it kind of had like a vintagey feel but also felt like super kind of cutting edge and modern I loved the fact that she had done like a, a take on the the Gia Gun kind of um uh, hula hoop purse thing because there's like a little purse built into the front of that that uh, that that ship's per- that ship's steering wheel uh, I did really enjoy the performance on the the main stage of the the first look and kind of how it told that story and then I mean even though her 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 third look was a little more like it was a little more basic I just thought it like showed a diversity in the sort of kind of looks that she's going to be able to show and that everything she does seems to be really clean well executed thought through which just which I just which I like which I yeah, like the third look was really I really liked it it was supposed to be based on Barcelona's grid system and the diagonal was supposed to be like the the Broadway through the grid system and then she, in her hand she had like the hotel that was at the base of the diagonal. The concept got a bit muddled but the actual look itself I thought was very nice. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Diamante Mary Brown stomped into that room and like stomped past her mark to like, you know, a, a, a fierce <laughs> rate and then just stood there in a white leotard. Didn't love. <laughs> she she just stomped right in and was heading right over to that producer's chair and she was like guys I'm here I'm taking over do you think she um, was like just a gift of Grandpa Simpson where he walks in he puts his hat on and turns around <laughs> takes his hat and walk out she was just going to stomp right through yes. it out the door um, she's someone whose personality I enjoyed a lot but whose looks were again like on the the, the very kind of basic thing because she essentially wore like if you actually look at the base garment of the, the the entrance look and the second look on the runway it's like the same kind of white swimsuit type thing bodysuit and I just think that you know, her thing seems to be like because from the Meet the Queens and then again into the the entrance look, kind of like wigs made out of like unconventional material. So it was like made out of like beads and stuff. And I, I don't know, like if it was the wow, maybe she was expecting it to be. Yeah, I didn't get wow from any of these. The only wow I got was actually when I googled Augustina de Aragon, because um, she was this really interesting noble lady from Saragossa who. Like during the, this is how nerdy we're getting here now. The siege of Saragossa in the eighteen hundreds, the French had surrounded the city, and all the army were giving up. And but she was seen by the locals still manning all the artillery, and she was firing at the French, and it encouraged the city to continue fighting. And they ultimately fought off the French. And I was like, what a cool badass bitch! I'm glad I got to learn about her. But yeah. actually, the look was a bit boring. No, and if you look at it, it actually just looks like it is sort of a confused face. Um, <laughs> on, like if you, if you see it from a distance, it's sort of like a... Hmm? Like that's what I see when I look at that look. <laughs> sort of confusion. Like that like that emoji of the like yeah, face. Smile you know? upside down almost. Yeah. And then the yeah. hometown symbol was baseball, which I know was kind of fun, but... Yeah, it was very. It was, if that had been what, like, I'm thinking of season twelve's ball, ball, like that would have been a kind of okay yeah. look when there was three looks of the night. It did really start, like stand up on its own. I think when there was two. No, I, I I agree with you. Like it was kind of like there was not really any thought put into this beyond just kind of like oh I need a thing so I'm just going to grab a thing and and like there was no like you could see this the queens who put like stories behind what they were trying to 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 build into their runways and like when they were successfully executed they like were phenomenal but like people who were just like oh i'm going to like throw a jacket over a bodysuit and it's like oh i'm baseball because this is a baseball jacket yeah exactly um next up was jirigi van klee 
I was a bit disappointed by her runways. I thought when she when she walked into the runway, I thought it was was nice. I thought she deserved to win the mini challenge with the sexy silver poses. But the the Agatha Ruiz de la Prada, that's a designer. I actually looked up some of her stuff, and it was really big block color and pastels. So the actual look was very similar. But when she was walking around, the stars were falling off it, and it wasn't great. And you know. Poor Hota Karahota gets called up on it, whereas I actually think she made a bigger mistake with it. Yeah, but also, like, I think that, that there, yeah, I agree with you. She didn't impress me across the entire episode. You are right. Like, I thought her photo shoot was uh, was brilliant and she was very sexy and she'd put, like, a lot of thought into, you know, the silver paint. I thought it was very interesting. Like, I thought it was very good what she did, but, you like, on the runway, her both her looks felt a little less fully realized and so and particularly because Ota got put into the bottom because of like kind of a, a look of lacking of confidence in terms of their performance where both the looks they had served were so like high quality whereas hers like it was a nice red dress and her makeup was good and her hair was nice but there was bits falling off it and I, I, I don't know like I think it was on like first first impressions or something that Bob was talking around how he doesn't really like when a queen just does a massive prop as their look and like you see this a bit like who is a Samantha Ballantyne kind of did that with their second look where it was just like this big conch shell on their head and this is again with her and I know last time we got into a big discussion as to whether this was some kind of like a commentary on her trans status and like the vulvic sort of you know uh look of a of a of a muscle kind of was like you know speaking to womanhood um and I kind of think yeah that's cool but do that with like you could also put another whole outfit around that and still have it like share, share that message like if you think about say um Janelle Monae's big fucking pan- yeah, fanny yeah, pants. Yeah, the pink pussy pants. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you're right. And, and I did find the whole Volvic performance of the Muslim very mesmerizing. Um, and I think she sort of mesmerized me into sort of assessing the garment. But uh, especially because there was the whole conversation with the genitals and everything. But yeah, in terms of the actual what she presented, it was just yeah. a muscle. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think it was. In, in terms of like a, a mirror moment conversation, I do think, and you know, us here recording today on Trans Day of Visibility, like I think it's very important to kind of get the message out that it's not a pro, like you, a trans person doesn't owe you a sort of an insight into where they are at with regards to their transition, where they intend to go with regards to their transition, where, you know, what particular genitals they may or may not currently or intend to have. So like, I think her having that conversation about people always sort of like going straight to asking those questions. It's like, it does make you reflect back on how appropriate it is to ask those. And so that was a good, I was a really good conversation for them to have in the in the workroom yeah. but you know she she deserved what whatever is going on with her she deserved a bit of a read on the runway for the fact there was bits falling off her dress Agreed. and i think you know on that topic <laughs> of trans day visibility you know in ireland there's a lot of conversation about trans athletes in sports this week in particular and without getting into it i, th- I think people now that they know gender isn't binary are really sticking to the whole sex is binary thing and i think they're kind of people cling on to this idea that you you know you're not fully considered a woman until you've got the operation and all that sort of stuff and i think that's why people have such an obsession with wondering what genitals trans people have whereas i think we all need to realize that it's totally up to that person's individual and as long as they tell you that their pronouns are she her then that's a woman yeah no completely um yeah and much like other conversations that have been had on drag race about like when you see a drag queen you don't have permission to just sort of grab or you know touch or you know insist like i saw um slightly off the topic but i saw Ginny lemon posting about like having been at one of the season two tour shows the other week and that when they left like a really drunk person ran over to them screaming are you bimini are you bimini and started like pulling them in for photographs and then got got very aggressive with them when they refused to have a photograph and started shouting at like the people that were traveling with them and it's like you know there's this sense of ownership and entitlement that people seem to develop over queer performers and kind of you know people who are mean a lot to someone perhaps but it's like you don't have permission ever to 
ask someone a question that might make make them feel uncomfortable or kind of physically manipulate a person, even if it is out of praise or wanting to let them know that you think someone that they think you think they might be as great. Yeah, I even Satya Coffee share that she was saying, uh, don't ask me for a photo and then ask who I am. <laughs> like, if you don't know who I am, that's okay. Just don't ask me for a photo because your friend's getting going. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I swear to I have, like, this is a shame story that I will oh. tell while we're on this subject. <laughs> you didn't get this in the last episode. <laughs> but no, I went to Drag Tech, which was, like, the, the first UK kind of knockoff version of... Um, of of DragCon, you'll remember it because there was a really widely shared photograph of Trixie Mattel walking across this in completely empty, like sort of school gym type building. And it was like a shocking kind of like poorly organized sort of affair. And um I flew over the day of it. I got the 6 a.m. flight myself and my friend that I was going with. We started drinking in the airport. Then we weren't able to check into our hotel when we arrived. So we brought our bags and went straight to a Weatherspoons and we were drinking. So basically from about 6 a.m. until we arrived at the um, till we arrived at the drag tech thing at like three in the afternoon. Pints, 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 pints. pints. Not the best version of myself <laughs> i will admit i i i sat sobbing as latrice royale talked about being incarcerated i was very enthusiastic in taking photographs with every single queen that i could i could i could get my hands on at the very end of the day though i saw kennedy davenport walking across the um walking across the thing as she said and ran over and was like oh my god oh my god i love you you're amazing can i have a photograph and she looked me dead in the eye and was like, why weren't you in my queue earlier then? Okay, that's <laughs> that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought you were going to be one of the people who were like, you know, Joan Kennedy's like, you know, oh, Kennedy's here. Fuck my drag, right? I was like, oh, were you one of the people who basically told Kennedy fuck her drag? Or I was worried there was going to be a racist <laughs> mix up of the names. So I think out of that story, you came up not no, too No, it was... It, it was just a case of, and do you know what the reality is? What that taught me was I wasn't excited to see Kennedy Davenport. So instead of pretending and running over to her, I should have just let her be. She read me. It was, it was okay. I, I, I got a, uh, a lovely photograph, a, a very awkward photograph with, um, with Trixie on that particular occasion. Uh, I was myself and my friend Trixie asked, are you, are you boy gay friends or gay boyfriends? Oh, that's nice. I was like, oh, that's a nice way of asking. Yeah. Anyway, that's my can, drag text story. Can we story. see the photo Don't of Trixie? Don't manhandle Kennedy Davenport. The Trixie, the Trixie photo is locked. I didn't have a beard at that time because I was going to be doing drag the following weekend. Okay. So I will never let okay. those photographs out. <laughs> Maybe message, message us on Instagram to ask for them and I will DM the, a disappearing, <laughs> a disappearing version of them and you can see them then. Oh, we'll sell it as an NFT. That is you it. <laughs> as an NFT with a clause that it can never be <laughs> displayed. It'll be like what was that that one that like um pharma bro bought a what album was it wu-tang oh, clang yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 there you go Whew. that was a fun uh we're not allowed to do that in the main feed uh i cut the ball out so. no <laughs> it's, a, it's a work workroom uh exclusive work soon workroom exclusive. marissa prissa was up next um yeah, I didn't warm to her over the episode much at all. So it wasn't really surprised she got sent home. She gave us Martha Sanchez as her first look. And I did some research for Martha Sanchez. She is a big cancer advocate. Um, but she's also like a singer and has sold 10 million albums. And I just kind of think it was really bad for her to reduce this lady into this one aspect of her life. Especially since she didn't even have breast cancer. She had cancer of the digestive tract. So uh, what colour ribbon for throat cancer <laughs> now we are going to go throat cancer is burgundy and white thyroid cancer is blue <laughs> blue pink and teal um and so yeah. small intestine cancer is periwinkle blue 
periwinkle blue. So it's like if you're going to reduce this, like this, like well-known Spanish singer down to the fact that they had cancer and that they are an advocate now for kind of cancer survivorship and screening services, at least represent them through the the sort of like. The, I suppose the, the, the colour that represents the form of cancer like so just picking the, that they survived so just picking the, just picking the pink breast cancer ribbon because it's the most well known that they've survived like that yeah. is just you know lazy a little bit and but also it's not the biggest problem it's the same thing with with Jurgi Jer- is like wear something else with the ribbon don't just wear the yeah ribbon. like they said in the judging of it like if she had sort of worn the 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 like the, the the cancer ribbons even the pink cancer ribbons as like little earrings that would have been a cute little nod to that but bring the actual wholeness or the fullness of the person you're speaking to because i i obviously wasn't doing research and when i watched it i just was like oh i didn't know that the person who invented the pink cancer ribbon was was spanish Spanish, yeah <laughs> So, because probably for that person, that could have been maybe one of the biggest achievements in the public realm, you know. So, like, yeah, definitely that that outfit works for them. Maybe with some other clothes, but yeah, not this. No, lady. no, no, not this lady. I also did not enjoy her blousy condom look. Like it for me, just looked kind of. I liked the makeup. It was kind of Boulet Brothers esque, and I liked the like the red. Like I don't know. I felt like there was a there was a fun look to be had in that concept, but it didn't quite go there. Because if you're going to go like a kind of like Knights of Templar style of it kind of you know vibe, like there's lots you can do there. That's very exciting, and no, not for me. Yeah, the latex didn't work with me for the concept either. It's, it's this is a religious camino. I don't know why. Yeah, no, the latex just like you said made it too condom. Yeah. Um, from one of the worst to one of the best Sharon was up next she walked in gave us some Oscar glory at the start it was a similar failed attempt to Bag of Chips's um, attempt of giving us an award then she gave us Montserrat Caballé who's a famous opera singer who you might know have d- did Barcelona with Freddie Mercury which is why Freddie Mercury was at the back of her hair and then she gave us the Catalan bourgeois sort of through the the veil of the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. I thought all three, well, the the two runway looks I thought were very high concept and I kind of think she should have won. I like I I agree with you on everything you said in terms of the positivity. Um, oh my god, it's a literally the the Bob the Drag Queen. I agree with everything you had to say except she shouldn't have won. Or is that Bianca yeah. Rio? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, it was Bianca to the Gancha. Um before the before the super fans come for me. I know where that quote was from. Um I I I really loved her energy throughout the episode I really love her in the talking heads I really enjoyed both of the runway looks I thought the the kind of the transformation because like this is like I, I was talking this is something that some of the other contestants I think did as well which is that they had it, it isn't necessarily a reveal but it sort of is a it, it's like a, a transformation that tells more of a story or like brings you further along in, in what you're seeing so she walks out in this sort of you know big coat and is able to then transform into that and it just brings you further along a journey and even in her first look where she kind of walked out and had the the blue dress kind of closed and then opened it up and it's the Barcelona skyline like it's it just like I, I don't know it shows a cleverness to knowing how something will will play on the main stage so I really liked her I did think that her when, her, when she walked in in that sort of you know gold sort of catsuit I did think oh this is a bit you know bag of chips mm. but she she but wowed me the rest of the episode kind of like Orion's story as well the spiel was kind of too long you need to get that opening line quick and snappy exactly yeah no We're, we don't have time for a paragraph we only have a pull quote yeah uh, Estrella Extravaganza you know we were both a bit dubious after the puppets and when she walked in in her red black and white sort of I don't know, junior sir's art project look. I was like, oh God. And then she won the mini challenge with the little Britain boobs look. Yeah, I, I like, I, I, I don't know. It sort of, it, it, I was surprised by that because, for, I mean, I was very surprised that they picked it to win. And then I was like even more surprised that Estrella went on to sort of celebrate it as some kind of a great victory for the representation of bigger people on television because it was like oh like the big girl went out and won in the photo shoot it's like well no the big girl went out and like comedically portrayed what sort of people have a a sort of a fat phobic view of what 
you know, what fat people are. It's like, oh, how how hilarious that this like big fat person has saggy boobs. How hilarious that like sexy men will look disgusted while being forced to touch this big sort of fat body. And it's just like, that is a really negative stereotyping. And I was sort of surprised that they chose her as the winner then and, and that she was kind of like, oh, this is a great thing. When in fact, she just was kind of playing into the very negative stereotypes that already exist. But that's my two cents as a fat activist. Yeah, like it, she's basically make, she's leading into the joke of like you know, fat. Well, what people laugh at fat people for, she was just exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, but maybe she did that as a protest, and then she won, and then she had to spin it some way for her narrative. I don't know. It was I, I, no, but strange. I, I, I. To be honest with you, if I was in this situation where I was competing in a competition at something that I wanted to try and do well in, I would understand what the stereotypes were and I might even be lured into playing into them in order to try and like do well. So I understand it was a wise move probably on her part in terms of like doing well in the competition to do something she knows will get a laugh because people will laugh at sort of lazy stereotypes. Her runway looks though I thought were really good. Yes, but if you had won the mini challenge, you would have turned around and went, Haha, aren't you all fat thubs now? I bet you feel guilty. <laughs> exactly. Read my article on GCN, <laughs> then come back to me. <laughs> I agree. The runway looks are very good. I particularly liked the second one, which is the Andalusian flag. I really liked how it was sort of layered. And that was a really sort of gorgeous green. The first one she played, or she, you know, honoured Monica de- Del Raval who is similar to La Veneno, this sort of trans, queer, sex worker icon. I love that the Spanish make trans sex workers into icons. We have no Irish trans sex worker icons. So more of them, please. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, overall, I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of the runway garments based on what we had seen. Yeah, I also, like, I really enjoyed, like, uh, she had spoken about how Divine had been a big influence on her. And I sort of think you, you saw that, you you did see that running through all of her looks, but that 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 first runway look, I thought there was a really strong like divine look into it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, penultimately was drag Seth last, and after I watched uh, on Monday evening, I watched drag Seth last's 2017 winning performance at the Las Palmas drag show. Um, it is definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it yet. She does a sort of Catholic performance in a sort of like a prayer way. Does some quite um, blasphemous things to Lady Gaga's Judas and stuff like that. But it is a very good performance and very high drag if you want to check it out. And based on the two things she wore this week on the runway, I think she's here for a long time. They were very good quality. She gave us Lolita Bluma, who's a famous Canarian cat lady, an expression I didn't think I'd ever say. And then she gave us the Las Palmas coat of arms for her hometown thing. Yeah, I I think after this, I could see her in the in the finale. I, I completely agree. I think it's Drag Setless, Marina and Onyx would be my top three, sort of, without a, without a shadow of a doubt. I loved all three of her looks. Again, she was another one with her kind of cat lady look kind of she used a, a reveal to further a story it wasn't just like gag it was like this is bringing you on and I, I just thought like her makeup looked amazing her entrance look was one of the most beautiful it mm, just like, and yes. it was like obviously like drag volcano had come in there last year and had maybe gone too far into the carnival thing she kept an element of it with the like stilty shoes but like made it more made it feel less like out of place so I just I think she's just a very clever queen and I think that she's going to do really really well yeah and you know there was the whole conversation about her being traded the season and I was you know I just I would find it very strange if I just was if I was asked who out of here do you think is that is the hottest I, I find that interesting I I don't necessarily because I think that you would be so in that moment you'd be so aware of the fact that it's a conversation that's going to be had about you as a group so you might as well kind of take the piss out of it a little bit and then you know be able to kind of laugh a little bit at it and like I don't think anyone was like I like it would be sort of a bit weird if it was like oh guys who do we think is going to be traded the season and then one person was off in the corner like oh I think it'll be you oh you know <laughs> like if, if it was like obvious that someone was like you know getting aroused in your presence and like sort of you know being inappropriate towards you then yeah, that would be. But I think this is a conversation that happens about every Drag Race cast. It's always a conversation that's going to be had. And I think that having the conversation in the room then probably would make it less weird when it starts to happen online. 
Yeah, I guess if I was answering it from the point of who do I think the ge- general gay male public is going to find attractive, I can answer easier than who do I find the hottest. But I think that's the question being asked. Yeah, no, I think yeah. so. Like, you're probably right, but I wasn't viewing it that way before. Cause that, but I would also feel the need to go at odds to be like, well, I think A would probably be the trade, but I'm not really that into them. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't give a compliment, obviously. That's my issue. Um... <laughs> finally was onyx i was a bit concerned when i saw them first time walking in that sort of blue and pink alien just because it was so similar to the meet the queens and i was just worried oh are we going to pigeonhole ourselves into being alien but no we got isabel the second uh former queen this gorgeous breastplate and light blue tulle and then a really striking hometown symbol when she gave us the fountain of the fallen angel which is one of the first statues i think in the world to represent the devil on purpose um, and you could see the reverence on the on the faces of the judges when she strutted that run. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to take a pivot over to Dragula before you see before you get anything kind of as like powerful, disturbing, enthralling as that. Like, I mean, I think when we were talking about it, you mentioned like uh, Kimura, Kimura Moore's Moore. performance to to uh, to Ugly as Sin for for talking about slavery. It's like it was just like it was so powerful, and it had like I I just thought, I thought it was beautiful and so beautifully done. Um, and and then again, like another queen who kind of showed you like all like you saw every single aspect of of what this person is capable of. In, in this one episode that that entrance look obviously shows that this is this their preferred kind of like alien type of drag then they had this like really quite beautiful sort of very high feminine drag and then brought it over into like almost drag king territory with the mm. with the last look so mm. i was yeah I, I i was i was well impressed yeah and uh, like what a great episode to wet the whistle on what we're going to see with onyx for the next absolutely we categorize it there it's like glamazon it's butch and it's you know alien yeah absolutely three great strings to their bow um yes that's them all onyx wins sharon and marina are high and then samantha and marisa are in the bottom two I pretty much agree with that. I probably would have had Sharon win, but other than that, I can't really fault. Maybe drag Setlas over Marina, but it's hard to know. I definitely would have kept Onyx. I would have definitely kept Onyx as the winner. I would definitely have had drag Setlas in the top. Maybe I, I, either in in place of Marina or, or Sharon, but I yeah, I think probably in, in place of Marina, I would have had drag Setlas, but I. I yeah, I, I agree with the bottom two very much. Yeah, they easily could have had a top four this yeah. week. Like there wasn't much in there. I, I would have I would have also in the in the bottom three, I would have had Georgie or Demonte instead of Hosa, I think, as well. Um just as a kind of a get your act together. And the lip sync was to Gloria Trevia's Todos Mimoran, who actually I thought was a good it was a fun judge i enjoyed her mammogram joke i thought she was having a hoot of a time it's always good to see that um it, to me it stunk of a double elimination it was all, one of the worst i've seen in ages yeah and it, like the the lip syncs on spain season one were quite good like i i, if I, remember I think they... there was a few this bad on holland season two i think ivy elise and somebody yeah. else was it love masisi gave us a similarly awful performance yeah. and they were like you left so much passion on the stage like, like, really no that's not passion <laughs> fred you're smelling that's not passion um no i i just thought it was very messy and like i i like i, I think that marissa was a worse is it like I think Marissa is obviously a worse performer than Samantha, but Samantha was so all over the place. Like the shoes were off before the song even started, which would be like an instant disqualification. The like the headpiece was obviously causing issues and trying to take it off. And any other runway, like a tiny little thing like that would just be so focused in on. I would be like, this is why you're going home. And then like it fell off. And I, I don't know, like it just it just felt so uncomfortably all over the place and like you see this sometimes it, it ha- like it it, it it obviously is an impulse maybe in in sort of 
I don't know, queens of a certain vintage because you got it in the earlier seasons of Drag Race US where kind of you think, oh right, the objective here is not to outperform my competitor, it's to get in front of them so that they can't see them. And I, you felt a couple of times that Samantha Ballantyne was like sort of hovering over, um, ho- hovering over Marissa in, in a way that I felt kind of uncomfortable with. Because so, I just think like when you're lip syncing, just lip sync to the judges don't be trying to stand in front of the other person. Don't be engaged. Because Alaska did it a lot on, on All Stars 2 and it always really annoyed me where she would kind of like bring the other performer into her performance. And I just think like, no, like this is a side-by-side comparison. But anyway, it was a bad lip sync. I just sent both of them home. Ironically, I actually don't mind that. It reminds me of, of Strictly. Do you remember Strictly? They used to do like the, the five couples dance at the same yes. time. And they used to be like Flora Craft involved. You could cut other couples off and make it more difficult for them. I kind of like that. But once it doesn't go as far as second reference in this episode, Kimora Amora, and you're just a sort of f- flapping seagull, like at eating a chip from their hair. Like once you don't go that far, but I don't mind the occasional stand in front of it. I think we saw a bit of it between Di and Jasmine as well recently. Yeah, no, I, I suppose like it's, it's like with it, if you're both performing on the same stage, it is a cheap uh, trick. Though. If you're both performing on the same stage, there's always going to be elements of, of, and there's obviously going to be a prime space to, on the stage that both of you will want to be in. But like, and you have seen sometimes where it's been quite effective, where like performers, performances have like synced up in a way that's felt like really kind of like, and it actually amplifies, but no, in this in this instance, I, I wouldn't have been I think because Samantha Ballantyne looks like a very funny performer who I think will have a lot of personality for kind of acting and snatch game, I'm like I'm glad that she stuck around. But based on that performance, I would Yeah, her based on her, the looks on the runway and that performance, I very much card is marked. Two strikes, one more, you're out. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not making That's decisions though. <laughs> uh, from what it looks like, it's going to be a fun season. I think there's going to be 10 episodes this time. They nodded to there being an additional episode. So that's good i'm happy for it to stick around as we come into summer yeah me too i think that it'll be it'll be fun to, to have it going on in the background before drag superstars starts in may or june may. whenever it is may 20th may 20th so. yeah 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 so cover us for a month yeah. before that. <laughs> uh thank you for listening uh thank you for bearing with us for the extra day because the episode is late because of me forgetting to record uh let us know your thoughts who impressed you you can DM us on Instagram at sissy.pod or send us an email if you'd like. And we'll be back with you next Thursday for the next... Well, actually, I'll be back with you next Thursday. James Oh, holidays. Portugal! Yes! I'm going over. Uh, I'm actually going to be fronting Drag Race Portugal. It's uh, very <laughs> exciting. We will be announcing it. <laughs> You'll know as much about Portuguese culture as Ruth and Michelle do know about Exactly. Portuguese. Yes, absolutely. When, when it gets to the Snatch Game episodes, we'll be like, no, I want more Ant Oils. Uh, <laughs> I want the Portuguese and Why don't you do Ronaldo? I know him. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nelly Furtado. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. So it'll just be me next week. Uh, but yeah, James will be back in two weeks' time. So anyway, I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye.